any breathtaking up there. Alrighty, SpongeBob, we gotta go. I'm gonna learn how to use a fork, right, Robo? Twill be my pleasure, Master. By the way, your house looks a million times better. Thanks. Wishful thinking, Gary. What burglar would want to steal that thing? Cue the intro! to the season finale of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast, where I can't offer you the gift of gum, but I can offer you the gift of gab. I'm your captain, Captain Eric, and it's a pleasure to welcome you here as we are finishing our sail through the fourth season of SpongeBob SquarePants. We are docking into Bay today, and what an episode. Let's get a little ASMR of some gum action. Listen to that. Rapper. Oh, wait, hold on. You can't talk. I just unsheathed a Juicy Fruit, one of the most iconic gum brands, in my opinion. And, of course, the yellow square packaging is the most appropriate when talking about SpongeBob SquarePants. It is, of course, not the correct color for the gum that we are talking about today, but I'm not here to make my own gummy like Patrick. And that definitely does not sound right on second opinion. Correct! But anyway, other than the packaging of Juicy Fruit, it's actually the only gum I can think of when it comes to any sort of connection with media. Other than SpongeBob SquarePants, there is one other moment that comes to mind when I think of gum. It's from the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, starring Jack Nicholson. There is a character within that movie called Chief, a massive man who for a good chunk of the movie, you are told, is a mute individual who really doesn't speak to others, doesn't communicate, and Jack just takes a liking to him throughout the movie. You know, come on, Chief. Don't you want to watch SpongeBob, Chief? Put your hand up, Chief. We're going to put on the TV and watch SpongeBob SquarePants, Chief. Don't you want to watch the sponge? It's a wonderful experience, a wonderful movie, and at a pivotal moment in the film, Jack offers Chief a piece of juicy fruit, and for the first time, Chief lets Jack know, through his love of juicy fruit, that he can actually not only understand everybody completely, but he can speak. And he simply just playing, you know, dumb to get through things. That's all I'll say about that movie, but it's a memorable part of my life watching that film, having that connection with Juicy Fruit. It certainly doesn't last that flavor, but it's an impactful one. That's why I picked it for today's episode, alongside Bazooka. That would be the other gum brand I would I would choose, especially for the coloring, if we are talking about what gum Patrick may be using 
for his quote-unquote gummy in this episode. But either way, it was important to include gum into today's episode due to the fact that you're going to see a lot of gum and a lot of pre-chewed gum, so... It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. Gotta pop that in. I would never really recommend um, chewing gum while uh, recording a podcast or trying to do it at the same time. Um, the results may vary once it's actually chewed. Now you can hear it. People who chew their gum are annoying in public, you know? I'm not in public. I'm in the safety of my own home. And if you're listening to this, you're just listening to something, so that's not really that rude. If you're, you know, out in public and you're using a speaker and then showcasing my chewing, that might be rude. Don't do that. All right. Uh, I don't want to do that the entire episode. There's some pre-chewed gum right there. And I'm not going to keep that. Although from one angle, it kind of looks like, hey, Arnold, a little bit. You know what? I'm at least going to take a picture of that so you can... You can see that. There'll be a reference to that on the Instagram and Twitter later on. Oh, my goodness. That is pretty crazy. And w- what a wonderful reference now thinking about it with Helga and her gum obsession with her Arnold statue. Gum is usually the centerpiece of a lot of her statues, or at least her more memorable ones for me are the ones that, that use gum because it's kind of gross to hold on to somebody's piece of gum. Especially in the way that Helga was conducting her gum-collecting business. It's not like Arnold was just handing over his gum, like, here you go. Here you go, Helga. I don't know why you need this, but here's another piece. He was placing it under desks somewhere in the city, and she was just collecting it. And it's an impressive amount. It's still a shockingly gross amount, but it's an impressive amount of gum for her to have collected for some of those shrines that she's had in her closet. Helga aside, originally I was going to open up this episode with the energy that in no way could you gift somebody a pre-chewed piece of gum and it's an acceptable gift. And I have to say, I have to maintain that for someone to gift somebody else a piece of gum in a shadow box, that is pretty unacceptable across the board. I can't think of a single person, living or otherwise, other than, hey, this is the prop gum used in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory from the original movie. If that's the prop piece of gum used, that's literally the only thing I could think of that somebody could gift me as a gift, a pre-chewed piece of gum that I would go, oh, awesome. But then I was thinking about it in another way. If a celebrity or somebody I looked up to themselves gifted me a pre-chewed piece of gum right out of their mouth, would I hold on to it? And there were some people that, as I was thinking about this train of thought, and I was thinking about it for a couple of hours as I was doing some errands today, but there were a few people I could think about that once that gum was in my hand, hopefully in a napkin, where I would think about, you know what, I may hold on to this. It's not a yes or a no. 
But these scenarios are also ranging from the improbable to the outright impossible. So I have no problem sharing them with you today. This is by far going to be the weirdest top number of anything I have ever done. So in honor of our season finale, here are top five people and their scenarios in which they could give me a piece of their gum right out of their mouth, and I would at least consider placing it in a shadow box, placing it on my wall, and keeping it as a conversation piece. Number five is the man who started this entire thought process off with who would be someone to give out a piece of their gum out of their mouth to someone. And the first person I thought of, and I mean this with all due respect, I love the artist, Prince. I thought of as someone who if you had asked him for an autograph and he was chewing a piece of gum, he may actually pull out the piece of gum, put it on a napkin, and go, there's your autograph. It may be something he could do. He seemed that eccentric, and I absolutely love the guy, but I wouldn't ask him for an autograph. It would take me a considerable amount of time of a false security of talking with him to gain the confidence of going, oh, I think he may like me. I'm going to ask him for an autograph. And if I did, the gum comes out on the napkin. There's your autograph. I may actually hold on to it, especially if it's a purple piece of gum. I may actually hold on to it. Number four, and I've never hid my love for the guy, Kevin Smith, and this is a very particular situation, but in his original 1994 film Clerks, a fictional brand of gum was created known as Chulies. If at some point an actual brand of Chulies is made to sell for Kevin as a fictional piece of gum, it could actually already exist, but if in the presence Kevin only had time to give out a piece of chewed gum, I'm not saying I would, but I would at least consider it. And that's the point of today's list. Number three, another completely improbable situation, not impossible. But if I was talking to the man himself and bringing up one of my favorite movies of all time, Pumping Iron, one of my favorite documentaries, I should say. I was in the vicinity of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he made a gumming joke in accordance to one of my favorite scenes to that movie, If You Know You Know, and gave me a piece of gum he was chewing. I may keep that piece of gum. I'm just saying, it's a very, very, very specific scenario I find myself in. Completely improbable but it was one that I thought of, of, yeah, I would at least think about keeping that piece of gum. Number two, to stay on track with SpongeBob SquarePants, Tom Kenny and Bill Fagerbaki himself, the two of them, SpongeBob and Patrick, it would have to come as a combo in a single shadow box with an image of the gift of gum alongside it. Just the specific nature of the gag would be worth holding on to. And certainly a conversation piece. I would say that this is the first entry in which I would guarantee myself 
the gum being kept and held on to. Now, I'm not opening up somebody gifting me a pre-made shadow box of quote-unquote Tom Kenny and Bill Faker Bakke's gum, pre-chewed gum, even with proof. It wouldn't excite me enough. I'd rather create that myself. I'd rather have my own, not Helga moment, but I'd rather be in person with them, not take it from a, a place they've discarded. I don't want to do that. Ugh. But number one, there is one person that I could think of in the history of the world, and I thought about everybody. I went through so many people in my head of someone who could gift out the piece of gum out of their mouth into my hand, and there was one person out of them all that I would, without a doubt, go home, put that gum in a shadow box, and hang it up as a conversation piece simply so that anybody who brings up why do you have a piece of gum on your wall? I get to talk about my interaction with this person. Number one, and this is unfortunately in the impossible category, is Rodney Dangerfield. He is no longer with us, but the impact of the comedy he left behind is still felt to this day. I absolutely love Rodney Dangerfield, and if he was walking by, and you may think it's rude, but if he was just like, hey, kid, took the gum out of his mouth, put it in my hand, don't spend that all in, in one place, I would hold on to that, just to be able to tell people, I met Rodney Dangerfield, and this is the story behind it. That's it. It would, it would hang up in a bar in my house, or in a place, you know, outside of the bedroom, family room, kitchen, Completely a man cave kind of piece, but the piece of Rodney Dangerfield's gum would certainly find its home on my wall. It's an impossible situation at this point, but those are my top five individuals, top six technically, of people whose gum I either may or, now the cat's out of the bag, I definitely would hang on to and display simply for conversation purposes and for its... I don't know. The uh, Tom and Bill one would simply be the connection to the Gift of Gum episode. It would be such a weird little one-off connection there that, why not? It would be a standout piece, and I feel like the preservation of gum would be a lot simpler compared to most other foods out there. Like, you wouldn't want to meet Mel Blanc on the street. Well, it's impossible, but if you had a carrot, and you're like, hey, Mr., Mr. Blanc, can you take a bite out of this carrot? And he bit out of it and said, what's up, Doc? And then you preserved that carrot. That really that really wouldn't be that cool. Maybe. If you were able to hold on to that carrot in some way. But most people wouldn't have the preservation purposes to hold on to a carrot properly. And gum, you know, in my thought process, I would think to just add on some clear sort of top coat on top of the piece of gum, and there you go. Now it's not necessarily a piece of gum, and it's a piece of art inside of a shadow box, but certainly a conversation starter. And speaking of starting a conversation, let's start the episode at hand, The Gift of Gum. This is the second half of the 80th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, 
and it first premiered on February 19th, 2007 in the United States. It, of course, is the final episode of season four, and it was storyboard directed by Zeus Service and Eric Weiss, who wrote this episode alongside Danny McCauley. Our animation director is Alan Smart. Our creative director is Vincent Waller. And our supervising producer is Paul Tibbet. Now, I usually add in a little noise at the end of Paul's name there, but I do want to mention that this is Eric Weiss's final time working as a storyboard director and storyboard artist primarily with SpongeBob SquarePants in season four in its entirety. He would return as a storyboard artist through season five in a few episodes and in a single episode of season nine. Eric Weiss is also the creator of The Mighty Bee, another Nicktoon you may be familiar with, and has worked as a artist in different capacities across many other Nicktoons, including SpongeBob SquarePants, The Fairly Odd Parents, Danny Phantom, The Wild Thornberries, Cat Dog, The Exes, and even Samurai Jack as a writer and storyboard artist. That is just a smidgen of this man's work, but the work that he left behind on SpongeBob SquarePants is certainly a memorable one. So I just want to just give an absolute round of applause to Eric and anyone who worked on season four for what they brought to the table. And thank you for helping to continue the quality of Steven Hillenburg's show and that ship that should be known that Eric has been working on since the beginning. This isn't an individual that just hopped aboard the ship mid-sail. Eric Weiss has been working with SpongeBob SquarePants since its beginning, since Help Wanted. So this is someone who knows what they're talking about when it comes to the origins of SpongeBob SquarePants. This is someone who worked alongside Steven Hillenburg, creating this world, crafting the world of Bikini Bottom and SpongeBob SquarePants himself. So his contributions through season four have been tremendous alongside all of those who worked with him as well. So thank you, Eric Weiss, for working alongside SpongeBob SquarePants. Thank you! As this episode opens up, I love that the gum is covering the font just to hit home that there is going to be an overabundance of gum in this episode. You are not going to escape it in any way, shape, or form. And as we head into Bikini Bottom, there is a rumbling going on, like there's construction happening. And as Patrick's rock explodes, out from underneath it comes Patrick with his grandest prize, something he's clearly been holding on and building for a long time. He walks over to SpongeBob's house, and we are told that today is Best Friends Day, which more or less is a two-day affair in which your best friend gives you a gift. Or that's at least in, in the way Patrick and SpongeBob celebrate Best Friends Day. Patrick is here to gift SpongeBob what he says is his most prized possession, a giant gumball of pre-chewed gum that Patrick 
has been building on top of that has also on its surface very clearly pieces of pizza, pieces of clothing of Patrick's like socks and underwear. It is a monstrosity that is also covered in hairs, which we have seen the hairs come out of Patrick in many different ways. I'm not going to repeat them, so it's not shocking, but it is still a sight to behold. Patrick is gifting SpongeBob a giant wad of pre-chewed gum. And SpongeBob's initial response is extremely honest to his actual feelings on this gift, but every time I watch this episode, I think of SpongeBob's optimism that he thinks, he genuinely thinks this is such a cool gift and that the gift he has for Patrick would be nowhere near as cool. And it's that naive nature of SpongeBob where he at least takes the gum in stride at first. Like, well, if my best friend thinks you're the coolest thing ever and you're his prized possession, I have to see what you're about. They don't really go with that route in this episode. SpongeBob cries at the sight of Gummy and gives off that inflection of there is no way, Patrick, that my gift can be as cool as yours. But SpongeBob is being facetious in this moment. He has a frown. He does not want a pre-chewed piece of gum hanging around his house, a stinky wad of gum. And the gift that he gave Patrick comes out of nowhere. I think his name is Robo 2.1. And this is a robot that has a function I'd be cool with. He has a slot on his forehead with the ability to shoot out toaster pastries at any point in time, and I say that to not inflect any sort of name-brand connection, but boy, do I want to make that tart connection. Ah, it's popping in my head right now. You know, if I had a robot with that ability, even if it was only one flavor of toaster pastry, that would be pretty cool. But... SpongeBob out of nowhere has this talking robot that he gifts over to Patrick. It's a servant who is apparently programmed to do whatever Patrick wants to do or it either recognizes in the moment what would be the best course of action to please Patrick in some regard. We'll get more into the Robo 2.1 later, but at first it produces a pastry, and Patrick is, of course over the moon about that. He says his goodbyes to Gummy. He genuinely has sentimental value over this piece of gum, and SpongeBob brings it inside. It is certainly an awkward situation having this giant wad of gum as a centerpiece in your home. It is not a great conversation piece. Somebody walks in, oh my, oh, wow. What's the story behind that? Is it the world's largest wad of gum? Nope. My best friend gave it to me. Yeah, I don't know. Really doesn't work out. And SpongeBob pokes the gum. It sprays him with the saliva 
that seems to have been soaked into the gum of Patrick's, wherever it goes. This thing certainly isn't a dry piece of gum. And the uh, masticated gummy, as SpongeBob calls it, which, let me just say, mastication is the act of chewing. When you chew something, you are masticating it. So there is nothing wrong with masticating and mastication is completely fine. Everybody does it except for those who can't. Put that on a t-shirt. There's a moment here early in the episode in which SpongeBob trying to push Gummy out of the way using his arms, they snap in half, his arms break, and it's one of the few times that I've audibly yelled out, ow, when watching an episode of Spongebob. So whoever drew that out and added that perfect sound effect really made an impact. There, there are a few times in the show's run where Spongebob gets hurt, where someone may wince, or someone else may have their face ripped off or something like that. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it leaves an impact. This was one of them. SpongeBob then gets covered by the gum, and he uses his legs. He rips off his legs. We don't get to see that part, but he uses them to crawl from underneath the piece of gum. He starts noticing all of the intrusions of the gum, including a dirty sock, a used toothbrush, a hot dog, a piece of pizza. We see a baseball, and worst of all, a piece of underwear that reminds me of even the dirtiest sock from Rocco's Modern Life just crawling across the ground, reaching its way over to SpongeBob, and this underwear ghoulishly proclaims, You're not Patrick! Yeah! It's time to get out of the house now. That gum is gone, and as SpongeBob uses his garage for one of the few times in the show's history that we've seen this garage door used. SpongeBob pushes the gum through onto the trash can. Patrick is then suspicious of this. Hey, what are you doing? And as Robo 2.1 throws SpongeBob under the bus, thanks a lot, he proclaims it looks like SpongeBob is trying to throw away gummy. Patrick is appalled by this. I have always maintained that it would have been a better excuse for Spongebob to say, hey man, Gummy needs a platform or some kind of bottom to it so it's not sticking on everything. This trash can is a perfect little stand. I'm not throwing it out. But Spongebob goes with the excuse that, oh, I love Gummy. I'm trying to dress it up. Look. And puts the top of the trash can on its head with a little flower on it, tries to pass it off as a playtime activity, and Patrick buys it, hook, line, and sinker. He's off playing with Robo 2.1. I don't know if it's the time of the episode where he mentions that they're going to pull some lint out of his belly button, but it seems like Robo 2.1 is okay for a lot of activities out there. Not really what I would say. The next idea for Spongebob is to bury 
gummy in the ground. So he starts digging a hole next to the pineapple, and right as he uses the bulldozer to push gummy into the hole, who but Patrick comes into frame, what are you doing? And SpongeBob then comes up with the brilliant excuse that I'm just moving gummy in a way so that you can see it in a different reflection. Hey, Patrick, here, come down into the hole. Look, can't you appreciate gummy from a different angle now? And Patrick then notices what SpongeBob was trying to do and actually appreciates what SpongeBob was trying to do. In fact, he has a better idea. Patrick picks up gummy and plops it on the front of SpongeBob's pineapple right at the tippy top in front of the door, not at the top of the branches, because honestly, that would be the best idea of plopping the gum out of nowhere. I know SpongeBob may lose his rooftop access at that point, but I would say make a roof out of it. Make a gum roof so now you have an enclosed room out of your little attic now of the pineapple. But Patrick just sticks it to the top of the door Now that's a way to appreciate my gummy, your gummy. But either way, look at that. And Patrick walks away with Robo 2.1 to do Neptune knows what. And SpongeBob is stuck with this wad of gum now at the front of his house, the front of the pineapple. And even though it's out of the way, it still is an eyesore to look at. And as SpongeBob is talking with Gary, he brings up, that he would wish somebody would just steal the thing. And there's this eye shift between SpongeBob and Gary as if they're thinking about it, as if it's a good idea. You know, well, who would steal a piece of gum like that? Oh, wait a minute. SpongeBob changes his disguise into burglar SpongeBob because he will steal gummy from the front of the pineapple. Day one of Best Friends Day is over, and SpongeBob ends up at night descending from the top of the pineapple, trying to push Gummy off of the front of the pineapple. And as he's pushing with his feet, creates a small hole in which he falls into Gummy itself. He slides into it. One of my favorite animated pieces of this episode, and the sound design group did a wonderful job of presenting Gummy. SpongeBob slides into a crevice, one of the grossest parts of this episode, but then again, one of the most shocking parts. As SpongeBob is sitting in this crevice of Gummy, another section of the wall opens up to reveal actual other citizens of Bikini Bottom that, due to their 5 o'clock shadow seemingly have been held for who knows how long inside of Gummy. At least eight fish jump out of Gummy through the hole in the top and escape with SpongeBob being a hero here. Look at that. Whoever said that there couldn't be a silver lining in the act of burglary? I'm not condoning it. Don't don't you do anything out there, you members of the Ready Crew. Now, SpongeBob has tried kicking Gummy off of the pineapple. It's time to pull Gummy off of the pineapple. And SpongeBob pulls and pulls and pulls at Gummy, stretching the gum 
all the way to the street. But the strength of Gummy is far beyond SpongeBob's comprehension. And SpongeBob ends up being pulled right into Gummy, covering the entire pineapple in gum, keeping SpongeBob wrapped up in a web-like appearance of gum, like a gum spider, like the one in Chalk Zone has just come by and webbed up SpongeBob. And as Sandy comes by the next day, she discovers SpongeBob stuck in this gum intrusion over the pineapple and tries to assist, but SpongeBob tells her, do not get involved. This is a sticky situation, if you will, but uh, this is a force of nature unlike we've ever had. Gummy does not mess well with being pulled on, touched, hit, and every single time you try, it gets angrier. Sandy, of course, has no time for that, and you would think, being the strongest character in Bikini Bottom, she would make some damage by karate chopping the gum, but of course, even Sandy is not enough to stop Gummy. But that doesn't stop Sandy here. Even though her karate chop does nothing, but Sandy does not give up. She pulls out more of Gummy, is then able to lasso together a part of this gum, and as a truck passes by, is able to perfectly lasso the hitch of this truck. But even this truck is not enough to take down Gummy as it struggles to escape the power of Gummy. And the trucker is one of my favorite one-off side characters. I don't know if it's the same one from season one who is yelling about the breakdancers when SpongeBob was trying to get his attention as a hitchhiker. But if it's not the same driver, it's certainly one of my favorite one-off characters of a guy yelling at his tires. You do as I tell you! I'm telling you to go! Now get! I absolutely love it. He is yelling at his tires as the truck is stalling. It is revving its engine, but the gum pulls the truck back, and as soon as it makes contact, or at least the back end of the truck, the truck cuts in half, is pulled in half by the force of wanting to go forward and Gummy pulling back, but the back end of that truck ends up coating the entirety of Conch Street in gum. Sandy is now a part of this, and Squidward, who looks out of his window and smartly decides, you know what, I don't want to have any part of this. He does the smartest thing I think Squidward has ever done, and yet he still ends up a part of the situation. The force of the gum pulls the Easter Island head into the pineapple, sending Squidward right out of the window and into the gum. Patrick now shows up and is amazed by the carnival of gum that SpongeBob has made out of gummy and is becoming increasingly jealous of SpongeBob, his most prized possession being used by Sandy and Squidward. And Patrick, although he likes the massages, the pastries, and hopefully the the fan that Robo 2.1 seems to offer at almost any time, he misses his gum, which SpongeBob smartly catches on and delivers one of my favorite lines in the history of SpongeBob SquarePants with SpongeBob so monotonely asking Patrick 
Do you miss Gummy? Do you want your Gummy back? And Patrick, yeah, he wants Gummy back. And like a Pac-Man, just gobbles up all of the gum across Conch Street. You can't stop Patrick with his gum gobbling and cleans up the area of all of that gum with Patrick then stuck as this little gum-filled creature before hiccuping the gum as this massive bubble before everybody gets coated in gum. The entirety of Bikini Bottom gets coated in gum. All of that gum that Patrick consumed made a bubble big enough. I'm sure that Patrick has never had the entirety of gummy chewed up at one point in time. This was a gumball that he was building on top of. So Patrick has never had this much gum inside of him at once. But this bubble just reaches the peak of Bikini Bottom before popping, and everybody is now coated in gum. This is a gum-centric episode through and through, and the gift of it. Now that should explain why Cap and all of the various objects are coated in gum in all of the material used in the videos for I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast Season 4. So a very gum-centric season here for the show. It's a nice episode, a nice little season finale, although the last episode certainly would have made a bigger, grander season finale. They usually don't air these episodes alongside one another. Here's an episode that is paired with The Best Day Ever, but those episodes aired in different times. The Best Day Ever was November of 2006, and here we had an episode, what was it, February 2007? It was an earlier time. Let me see. Yeah, February 2007. So this was, of course, another episode that if you had the season on DVD beforehand, which released on January 9th, 2007, you had The Gift of Gum at your disposal. And that, my friends of the Ready Crew, is our final episode of Season 4. We can dock the ship, take a breather, rank these episodes, and just enjoy the season in its entirety and look back on what we've gone through. An incredible season of SpongeBob SquarePants and an incredible season of I'm Ready, a SpongePod SquareCast, if I do say so myself. In all of the years of working in podcasting, and in editing of audio, I've had some of the most fun during the recording of this season. So, regardless on wherever you think the quality of SpongeBob SquarePants goes after this, I hope that the quality of this show continues to grow and the fun I'm having continues as well. Because at the end of the day, if I'm not having fun, well then... Who's expected to listen to somebody who isn't having fun on this end? You know, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. I can't thank each and every one of you enough for joining me this season. There's, of course, a little bit more of season four in terms of this show. We're not at the complete season finale, I would say. There's still the rankings. There's still at least one more 
week, I would say, that I would like to talk to you guys before we jump into Season 5. But in all honesty, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to jump into Season 5. I'm ready to continue this show. I'm ready to continually grow as a content creator, as an entertainer, as a captain. I'm ready for it all. I'm ready to be here, and I hope you're ready too. Because you being a part of this makes this all worthwhile. The fun I'm having is one thing, but another part of it is hopefully the fun you may have, and let's create more fun together as time goes on. This has been a pleasure. Thank you for coming aboard. If you would like to support the captain, the two best ways you can do so, the absolute best thing you can do so, is clicking on the YouTube link in the podcast description below or heading over to youtube.com slash at the Captain Eric and subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can click on that bell if you'd like to be notified anytime I go live or put something out, but you don't have to do that. You don't have to be bombarded if you don't want to. So click on over to youtube.com and join the Ready Crew today. There is, of course, nothing paid to look at. It is simply a subscription. Your subscription means the world to me. Seeing that number grow is always a delight. We're almost at 500. I would love to see us get to 500 right before season five. That would be pretty cool as a nice little 500 special. Maybe we can do something extra on top of that. But either way, your subscription means the world. If you would like to go the extra mile of supporting the captain, you can click on that red bubble link in the podcast description below. There you'll find a bunch of different pieces of art designed by Captain Eric that you can put on a multitude of different products. Anything that comes in from my projects goes directly back into my projects, and it is always appreciated. If you would like to follow the captain on social media, you can head over to Twitter at I'm Ready Podcast or on Instagram at SpongeBob Podcast, as simple as it sounds. And if you would like to write into the show, if you ever have any questions for the captain, anything you would like read out on the air or any SpongeBob related questions, you can reach me at SpongePodPodcast at gmail.com. Sponge P-O-D podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for coming aboard this season. Thank you for coming aboard this episode. And we will see you on the next episode for our rankings of SpongeBob SquarePants Season 4 as we are enjoying this docked experience. I'm going to enjoy myself another piece of Juicy Fruit. Nice little... Start with gum, and we're ending with gum. That is going to be it, ladies and gentlemen of the Ready Crew. My name is Captain Eric, and as always, please be safe, be kind to one another, and come aboard again to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. I gotta attempt a juicy fruit bubble. I want to see if I can get the audio going. Hold on. couple of pieces of juicy fruit. I can't I can't end this episode without a bubble. It can't not be a bubble. Come on. couple of pieces. Juicy fruit. Let's go.
Still here. Still chewing. Still masticating. Masticating. Audio only. Okay. I think it's good enough for a bubble. This is a legitimate juicy fruit bubble. I don't know if the air was just caught on that. That was a very sad bubble. Let me try it one more time. I made the bubble, but it's a bust in terms of the noise. So here's a fart. <coughs> Ahoy, everybody. Told you it was easy. Bingo. 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 Bingo.